Welcome everyone, Saturday night. It's nice to see so many, many people, although a lot of you are also guests, so. Um, I think uh, about a week and a half ago, there was just just a couple of guests, a guest staying overnight uh, here. It was, uh, still had a winter retreat feel. But now we're fairly uh, busy with work and engagement. You probably didn't uh, catch what just occurred um, a moment ago. I went to go ask permission from Ajahn Kurundamo, which is a normal thing that we'll do uh, before giving a Dhamma talk. Uh, but you won't see Lumpur do that because there's no one senior to him. Uh, so the monk who gives a Dhamma talk will ask permission from the senior monk in the room. And I instead asked for forgiveness, <laughs> a formal forgiveness uh, ceremony statement. And Sajid Kurnama said, you're forgiven. <laughs> and then I, uh, I, uh, and then, and then I just uh, completely forgot the statement in Pali, so I asked him in English if I could give a talk. And I was just thinking about how, how beautiful this life is in, in terms of something like that. It's, uh, just a, a smile and a, a, a joke, you know, is, is offered when a mistake is made. And, um, and there's, something, there's something quite uh, pleasant and, and uh, encouraging about that, you know, how, how skilled um, relating can be in that way when we're, we're engaging with each other. And uh, so I've, I've been recently reflecting just um, since Ajahn Yanako has left. It's been, um, he left about mid-December. So it's been just about four months, a little bit more than four months since he went away and, <clears throat> and uh, asked me to take care of a lot of his responsibilities. And it's interesting that even though I've, I've worked with Ajahn Yanako for a while and, and been a monk for um, 15 years now uh, and around monasteries about 17 years, 18 years. So it didn't, you know, I haven't related to having a position like that uh, most of the time. There's, uh, I did a little bit of it at the Pacific Hermitage for about a year. But there it's, you know, it's just a couple of monks and uh, that uh, I lived with, and um, and in uh, so the circumstances are quite different, but it, in, it entailed a little bit of the same. But what I'm finding now, and just reflecting on it for months, is the the difference of perception that I have, uh, and I, I think many of you can identify with this when you step into a a different role in your life, and especially like when you're the leader of something or the head of something, it just, you know, there's, there's really no one, when a decision needs to be made, sometimes there's just people you can consult, but then you have to make that decision or things are done spontaneously. And just the difference that I, I didn't, uh, it's just different always having somebody else to your, your right or your left that you can kind of be like, well, you make the decision. Um, and so for the last four months, the winter retreat wasn't 
there wasn't a lot going on, but, but since then it's been more, more of this, uh, this sense of, of having to figure out a role of, of, uh, of leading others in a good way. And I found that basically, I mean, it's sort of obvious and been talked about many times by, I think, the other uh, Ajans who've been in these similar positions, just that without patience, um, it's just a, it can be a very difficult uh, experience. And without that sense of just not jumping in to something and not feeling the need to just make a decision right away or answer right away or, uh, or when there is something that, that is, seems like very obvious um, that it's not always right to, to, to initial, you know, initiate uh, response. And what I found this mostly is when the, the critical mind comes up. So however many of you have been aware of your own critical mind when you're, you're having to deal with other people, it immediately becomes like, um, you know, just a sense of, I was thinking of, uh, I think it was uh, when I was younger, there was a cartoon called Ren and Stimpy and there was this one line from one of the two, I don't remember which one was which name. And I, th I could be wrong, but it was just this, you idiot. <laughs> it was this one statement. And that just, I don't think that, but that the attitude can come out like that. It can kind of feel like that in the mind when I want to respond. Like, uh, and so sometimes I see that. And, and um, today I was speaking with one of the monks after one of those situations that occurred. And, and I just noticed that there was a, a sharpness in me in how I was responding to seeing uh, how something was done that I had actually given uh, instruction about how I wanted it to be done, how I thought it should be done. And then it was done in a, a very different way with something in a way that I thought was actually quite inappropriate. And just watching that heat arise and, uh, and it wasn't until I was like halfway through kind of explaining that, oh, this, is, this isn't going to be received well because there's some heat behind it. And... And so that, that recognition was, A, like, well, how do, how do I work with that uh, as best that I can in, in situations? Because there are, you know, a fair amount of them that can come up. And what one, one of the uh, monks uh, was, had said was, well, around perception is like, well, you, you know, you, you're dealing with a lot of the monks who haven't been doing this uh, as long as you. And... And, um, and so that's, you know, that needs to be part of the perception. And immediately I thought, like, well, I mean, they might have not been doing it so long, but, you know, they should have figured it out by now. And, uh, and, and it was like, no, no, that's correct. There's, you know, like, there's been amount, uh, you know, a certain amount of, of years now that I've lived, and then a lot of those years in the robes, and things just they've been internalized and become very natural. And it just sort of came up for me a lot around how I was when I was a, a very junior member of the community. And the same exact thing would occur where I would, I would go up to one of the teachers here and, and uh, I think I tend to do, to do that much more so than others. And, uh, and when I would ask a question or want something, um, that it wasn't always met with a lot of uh, patience because of the amount of times that I, I would actually uh, 
uh, ask for things. And, and the other thing that comes up is that when these things are asked for, they're, they're, there's just, it's, it's interesting being at the top because you, you, you recognize that, oh, like, you're the one who people see as like the gatekeeper to their own desires. And, uh, and so the same kind of requests come up, the same kind of things come up from very particular uh, monastics who live in the community. And there has to be, again, that patience in responding, sort of like an encouragement around teaching and wanting them to see what is, you know, what's kind of appropriate in terms of like asking for something or asking about something and what is actually coming from what I perceive as something that, that we would call um, unwholesome or not helpful for them, not helpful for their practice. And so it also becomes a bit of, um, you know, dealing with that patience around responding to people when they might actually be hurt or uh, they might ex have a, a painful response based on the fact that you just can't say yes all the time. You have to say no. Um, but again, it just keeps coming back to, I think for me, the, the, the sense of like trying to remember how I was when I was a, a junior monk and how often my, my perception was you know, like, I want to get this done, or I want this thing to happen, or I want to get my way. And when I, when I was, uh, when I had a, a sort of sense of like how I was being taught, it was injustice. You know, this isn't right, and um, and so that that's just been something I've I've been trying to reflect on because it's it's become more difficult to keep those memories alive. Uh, because the role has, has shifted so much. And I also w w can identify the fact that because that, that role shifts, then I have to see the, the problem that occurs with my own desires and how I want to get things done because it's much easier now to get those accomplished. And then therefore, um, I can step into things that are, that are not always um, maybe the, the, the right time for something to get done, or the right way, or it just might be that it's my own particular desire to have something done, and it's not—it's not really um, uh, that important, or, or as important as I think it is for the community. So all of these things have been arising, and they're—you know—just just thinking about them as encouragements for yourself to think in your own lives, like how do you work with your own roles what you're doing, the responsibilities you have, and how much they're, they're just like a, a perception, you know, thinking like I am the leader or something like that, or I'm the one who uh, is making these decisions. And that, cog that cognitive sense doesn't really come up for me very much, just those, those words. But there's an attitude that can arise out of that. And I think it's very important because we, we often will build a self uh, out of that experience. We, we will build like, this is who I am, this is what I am. Um, and then when that changes, it can be very, very painful. So just identifying like with um, Lumpur Pasano and Ajanamaro when they were co-abbots and starting to you know, really remember now what that, what that was like when they were training me and uh, and just how, how that, yeah, just how that perception shifts over time. And, 
and uh, and then it's the the comma that that one can reflect on, and so I've also been reflecting on that. The, the results uh, of my own behavior as a, uh, a junior monk, kind of growing into um, having more years as a monk, and uh, and then seeing like, oh right, this is the things that I'm particularly annoyed with are the are the ways that I acted towards my, you know, my teachers, and so it's quite a sobering uh, experience, quite a, a helpful. Uh, way to reflect on it, you know, the, the different, um, just some of the comical things. I remember in one inventory retreat, I was the, the store's monk, and so I, uh, I just saw it as an opportunity. Being the store's monk during the winter retreat, I think I was like one, maybe it was my first year as a monk, and I would, I would go in every day during breakfast, and I'd present, um, it's just funny to even think about it. So I'd walk up and I'd have something, like I had like this, these crystals in my hand and said, can I, what can I do with this? And, and they'd say something and then, um, and then uh, they were being very patient and I, and I just wasn't getting the hint. And then one day Lumpur said, go away. <laughs> and it was a great lesson for me because it was, you know, I was kind of like shocked, but I wasn't getting it. You know, I wasn't understanding what was happening in that moment that like, they were being patient, but I wasn't seeing cues that they were saying, like, maybe, you know, it's the winter retreat. You don't, do you need to go through all these items, and can we do this later? You know, is this something that we can do after the winter retreat? Um, or also just to be aware of them and their time, and, you know, why do they need to put their attention on this? And so that's another thing that's, uh, that's very helpful to reflect on, uh, there's, you know, how, how to, to behave as a monastic um, with others, you know, in, in a way we have to be very careful about how we interact with each other and the sort of the burdens we place on each other or, um, or what we, you know, what, how, how we relate to each other is, is often, um, it's different, I think, than the way I, I used to kind of relate in the world. And there is a sense of respect out of... Um, uh, the monks who've, who've spent a fair amount of time in the robes and, and uh, you know, how much, how much is there really uh, a care for their, their role, their duties, and what they're, what they're doing in the monastery, and, and also trying not to burden them. And so it's just thinking about that is, is uh, it's just a sort of flip of my, my whole experience. Um, and the, uh, you know, of course, when when it was with Lumpur Pasanajanamaro, and many of you have possibly heard or were around for some of those times, but it was a very special experience because the two of them are very different monks, and they share, of course, the same principles, but the way that they interact as teachers was, was quite different. And, uh, and so just that, that sense of... Um, of kind of knowing that it's quite, it's quite a personal thing. Uh, there's um, there's uh, Ajahn uh, Kovalo just came today and he was, he's trying to do a translation of a book about um, a Thai forest monk named Lumpur Jia. And Lumpur Jia was known as being f more than fierce in his teachings. And uh, he particularly liked to um, make axes and uh, <laughs> And so sometimes 
um, if some of the monks were misbehaving, they would, like an axe would end up like on their, <laughs> on their front door, like, like in the door. Um, he wasn't doing anything uh, violent to them, but, uh, but he, he was just a very fierce, and his character was just very fierce and, and uh, quite scary. But he was, a, you know, he was a teacher, he was known as an arahant. And um, so each of the ways that, that these teachers are, they're, uh, they have different qualities. Uh, and I surely display that myself. And the, the nice part about it is that it, it becomes a reflection, it becomes a, a very helpful part of, uh, of being a monk when put into a role like this. Because I can very quickly see like, Oh yeah, there's there's a lot of work to do, um, and I I don't think that before I there was a, often a sense of wanting to run away from that that kind of responsibility or or really enjoying the fact that there was somebody else that I could defer to, and that's still there in the mind. But when there's no one else there, then there's just lessons to be learned, and so um, I think it's quite helpful to to kind of reflect on that in. Um, in our lives, like what, you know, what are the differences that have, have changed over time? What are the, the different qualities we have? Like some, uh, just thinking of like, um, Ethan here is our, our contractor and before he was, um, he was somebody who was working in the field uh, of building and then became a contractor with employees. And that just, that just changes the whole, the whole dynamic of um, how we relate to others, and we end up having to to be quite careful and responsible for how we uh, how we take care of other people, how we work with other people. So the um, and there's you know there's and the other thing that comes with with being a monk is that each each person that we relate to is is different, and so some people I can say something to and. I know one particular monk, it just has no effect on him, whatever, in terms of his uh, taking it personally. And uh, it's quite amazing to, to, to relate to somebody that way because it doesn't, it doesn't matter what I say, it's, it's just, uh, thank you very much. <laughs> and, uh, and so that's quite, that's quite beautiful. <clears throat> and then, it, you know, in other ways, it takes more time with others where there might be uh, a, a very personal know, take on like, if I say something that might be helpful, then their take is, they're wrong and they're a bad person. Um, and I surely remember feeling that way when, uh, when I received uh, certain feedback from senior monks when I was a, a junior monk. So it's always kind of having that sense and the, the Buddha taught about that. He, he, he said that um, one of the skills that one can learn and that, that he's learned is he, he he speaks to people differently. You know, he has a different way of speaking to people. And he was talking more in a cultural aspect, how to approach people differently uh, based on what's expressed in the, in the society or in the culture. Um, so I was, I was thinking, uh, yeah, one of the, just a, a sort of an example of, uh, of this was sort of, I was I was in my bathroom the other day and and uh, in the bathroom in this particular office and and I noticed that the um, and it's it's someone comes in and cleans it and so I I just noticed that the uh, one of the 
things in the bathroom wasn't, everything else was quite clean. And then uh, I saw that the, the, faucet, the faucet wasn't clean. And so I noticed that over, over several days or, or weeks. And then I, when I brought it up, um, the monk very kindly said, oh, I looked and, and I said, oh, do you see anything that's not, not clean in there? And he looked and he, was, he, he, he couldn't see it. And then I said, oh, look at the faucet. And uh, so I, he, he said, oh, I never, I never noticed that. And so that was a perfect time to be able to say, right, that's, um, that's something to see in your own practice, right, in terms of like obviously just looking out how you perceive things and see things. But more importantly, um, it's like how, how are we seeing that in our own minds, like when we're engaging with the Dhamma, for example. You know, are we, are we just taking a, a meditation object and, and using that and then not reflecting on whether it's working or not? Or what's appropriate with that meditation object? Or that maybe um, we, we're having a lot of desire coming up and we're just sending ourselves metta and nothing seems to work, but we, we are not trying some other method. So like the practice with the unbeautiful or something that um, could deal with that a little bit better. So sometimes we, you know, we, we just trying, we, we're, we're using the same tool um, for all the different problems we have, but it's not, it's not, um, it's not really appropriate. And so that, that can come up in terms of how we see the world. And these are, you know, these are just kind of lessons that one can, can take, just kind of living with others and, and seeing, um, seeing when these things arise. And I find it just so helpful living in community and the guests who come here will usually see that more often or um, there's a couple of uh, fellows here now, Max and Xander, who want to take on uh, becoming Anagarikas. <clears throat> and I remember that, like, for example, the first two weeks of, of being in Anagarika, it was, it was pretty rough uh, because I was eager to learn, but there was just so much that you know, with how to take care of the bowl I was having, how to eat, when to eat, how to wear the robes I was wearing, uh, how to try to not get them dirty, when to wear them, when not to wear them, when to wear something. I mean, it was just, it was just a huge um, uh, sort of hockey stick of, of how much learning was done uh, in, a, in a short period of time uh, and how much I needed to receive. And so that, that patience was needed to be there uh, and also just not taking it uh, so personally, not taking it as, as like a flaw, because what often came up in that situation was, oh, I should have gotten this quicker, or why can't I have observed this myself and done it? And then there were the other times of just feeling resistant. I didn't actually want to learn, or I didn't want it to be that way. I wanted it to be um, the way I wanted to do it. And so I wasn't really receptive to hearing others uh, in certain ways. And so as, you know, in the, in the position I'm in now, that's what I'm finding is often required, is just to remember that and say like, well, yeah, that's, rather than moving into frustration, just kind of remembering, oh, right, this is, this is dukkha. You know, when somebody has a hard time receiving feedback or, or I have, I'm not giving it in a particular way that's helpful, there's dukkha there, there's suffering. And just to be aware of that, then compassion can arise and, and the, more of a sense of, of carefulness around uh, how, how I can engage with others or how I can deal with a particular 
um, response that I might uh, need to make. So in, in terms of uh, your own lives, I think it's, uh, it's beneficial to, to think about that, whether you're a, a husband or a wife or a father or mother, um, or you have roles of being a teacher or, um, or you're receiving things uh, from others in terms of uh, feedback from others. All of these things can be, we can change our particular perceptions of how we're doing things, you know. I've, I've thought, you know, I, I never ended up being a parent. Um, and I've thought often about, like, what would that have been like? And how would I have be dealing with my children? Because, of course, I would have a perception of them. And I would have a whole self built around my perception of what I am as a, a father, <clears throat> likely. Uh, I'm thinking about this. Or I'm, I'm thinking this is how it would be. And then I would also interpret my... You know, I have a particular perception of my son or daughter, and they would, I would keep creating them in that way in terms of that perception and how careful I would need to be um, because I can see it happening with um, particular monks here. And what I mean by that is you see someone or you interact with the same person over and over again, and then in your mind you have created that person as a um, solid being, sort of like personified the unchanging uh, nature of them and and that's who they are they're this kind of unsurprising person to you because you're you're not surprised you know that's how they're going to act in this particular situation or another and often i'm i'm just very surprised because i i get to see like oh that's completely untrue you know i just see so many different ways that people are and and ways that they're improving and, uh, and that all just comes with trying to just remind myself around, around being patient. And so just imagining the different roles we have in our, our work or, or how someone might, again, interact with their, their children or a spouse. It's just being aware of that, that kind of sense of how we continue to have these different outlooks of the world or the people we live with. And sometimes just not checking that, not really being aware uh, that when we see another, we've, we are actually creating that other person in our mind. It's a sankara. They've, they've become a sankara for us, uh, a mental formation. And, and what we can forget is that sense of anicca, that sense that it's impermanent. Not only could they vanish in a day, which we, we don't usually think about, but um, they could change. They could change how they are, their personality can change. <clears throat> all kinds of things that we take for granted in others. And so I think it's, it's really useful um, because it, it can wake us up out of our uh, sort of our, our sort of sleepy lives in terms of our, our interpretations of, of how we live and how we relate to others. And uh, I just want to also add that this is, you know, the, this practice that we're doing is, is not an easy practice. It's, it's quite, um, quite difficult. And there are rare beings in the world who have an easier time with it. But for the most part, um, I think for the most part what I've seen is that, uh, you know, the practice, uh, it, it, it can take a lot of time 
for the results to manifest and it can come with a lot of difficulty. And we don't have to uh, despair because of that, but it is helpful to notice when, when we have had successes in our practice or we are able to see something and even just seeing a mistake or seeing a problem uh, after we've, we've sort of made that mistake, after we've kind of engaged in something unwholesome, even that is incredibly beautiful and something that we can rejoice in and, and remember that, oh, right, when, I, when I've done a, a particular thing that, that isn't, uh, hasn't been too helpful to myself or others, then if I don't know it, that's, that's even more of a, a serious problem uh, than just kind of the fact that I did that one thing. It's just an additive effect. If, if, if we're unaware of having harmed somebody else, or having done something that was unskillful, we're just going to keep repeating that same thing. So even though we, we tend to, to sometimes know these things, it can be quite difficult to prevent ourselves from, um, from doing them again. So we, we endeavor to, to try um, and do that, and we do that with a lot of patience and care. You know, patience for ourselves, patience for ourselves, doing these things uh, and trying to, to sort of steer the, the boat, the, the kind of, um, you know, the tanker it feels like sometimes it's just like a, or a train, like trying to slow down a train. These habits can be very strong for us. But with that, with that sense of patience, we can be a bit more kind to ourselves in terms of relating to the fact that, you know, Rome wasn't built in a day. We have to take time to, to change these habits, to move towards the wholesome. Um, but the, the point is, is we keep trying, you know, we keep falling and uh, picking ourselves up, dusting ourselves off, and, and uh, continuing on. And, and one of the ways that that, that that comes through is just seeing that when we have a success, we're, we, we remind ourselves, right, okay, that was, a, that was moving in the right direction, I did the right thing. And, uh, or, or when we do, the wrong, we do something that was unhelpful or unwholesome, then we say, okay, well, I'll just I'll, I'll really genuinely try to endeavor not to do that again. So I think that's uh, probably enough for tonight. And uh, if there's anything that I said that was useful uh, for you, then please reflect on it and, and use it in your own lives. And any other things that were not so useful, just feel free to leave it behind. You're